2: What's up, everybody? Welcome. You are watching/slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host Jimmy Wong, and I'm DJ. That's right. We are playing some cards. Actually, we're not playing any cards. today. we're playing a set review. It feels like a game because we have in front of us. Jeez, how many pages is this one? Seven, seven, or eight pages in front of us this time. Now we have done a lot of set reviews for Strixhaven. So just to catch you up as to where we are, this is the new card analysis of cards that go into the ninety nine from Strixhaven from C twenty one. Sorry, not Strixhaven. These are the commander decks that go along with uh, command with Strixhaven, the set itself. And this is the second part of that set analysis. Yes. Oh my gosh.
0: So we have broken up these pre-constructed decks and we're going to be going over our red cards and some of them are going to be from the Lorehold deck and others going to be part of the Prismari deck, but we don't care what deck they're a part of. Nope. We want to make sure that we're evaluating them so they can go in your commander
2: decks. Yep, and we have about 32 cards to get through today. Tons of awesome synergies that we're going to be talking about. And if you want to purchase any of those synergies and put them into your deck because you're like, dang, I really love this podcast and the power I feel when they talk about those cards, I can have that power too. I <laughs> By heading on over to cardking.com slash command zone. That is our affiliate link. You're already going to buy some of these magic cards. Maybe you want to buy the pre con. Maybe you want to buy the cards to upgrade them. Maybe you just want one of those sweet, sweet singles like our Kaelmancer's map. Well, use that affiliate link and you're supporting the podcast. And also, while you're at it or at your local game store, pick up some Ultra Pro product because they always suit us up with the best sleeves and the cool, cool. I mean, if you look at this, it's got Ozgear, the reconstructor, on the back of the sleeve. We got the best playing mats. Every single time we're playing on game nights, if you want to feel like a real game night, well, then you are gonna use some Ultra Pro product. And find Finally, last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone you can uh check out episodes of game nights and extra turns early the next game nights dj is a pretty good one i think
0: uh yeah it's a pretty good one
2: yeah pretty good guest and if you want to see that before the rest of the world it'll be like you're on tmz and you caught the scoop before anyone else uh make sure you head over to patreon.com slash command zone we also shout out one lucky patron every single episode so this episode is dedicated to, to kelsey's,
0: kelsey's mothers, mothers.
2: kelsey you rock thank you okay so we're only covering the commander product today this is the second part of the set review the first one you can go ahead and find somewhere on our channel so make sure you subscribe hit that notification bell yeah. let's get right into a dj let's um with uh, some spicy cards in red red got some good bumps this time around it's audacious reshapers two in red for a three three creature human artificer tap and sacrifice an artifact reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact card Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Audacious Reshapers deals damage to you equal to the number of cards revealed this way. Do you like the card Madcap Experiment?
0: Uh kind of
2: yeah well this is exactly that card but repeatable on a red creature uh tapping it
0: repeatable is really relevant i yes. think that a lot of people think about this in one way or the other it's like okay do i have a lot of artifacts and i'm gonna hit like a soul ring or some random rock or am i trying to cheat something huge into play like right. platinum imperion or something like that which by the way madcap experiment uh, sometimes played in singleton decks or other things mm-hmm. with Platinum Empyrean, because when it enters the battlefield, it tries to deal you damage and your life total can't change. Oh, it can't change, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you kind of, like, wonder, well, what am I playing? Am I trying to cheat something big or just playing for value? Because this is repeatable it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, you're just going to play this in your artifact decks. It's got zero activation cost outside of sacrificing that artifact. So Jaleera Master Polymorphist is a card in blue that does this for two in the blue but for the sort of polymorph blue way of doing it. Red does love his artifacts and chain them into place. So we've got to ready of Savant, which does a very similar thing. Goblin Engineer slash Goblin Welder and New Perforos obviously puts giant artifacts into the battlefield as well. So I think it's actually pretty good but you got to have a pretty high amount of artifacts because you don't want to tap this and, you know, Hermit droid yourself for fifteen twenty damage before you hit an artifact.
0: <laughs> That's right. And I think you are going to have like a pretty high concentration of it. And I think that it, a lot of other things are going to synergize with it because uh, when you have other artifacts that cheat things into play, like Duretti, like that Goblin Welder, you put something into your graveyard, you Duretti it back, uh-huh. you welder it back, you turn through your deck. Like there's a lot of different things that are going to synergize. But one thing to keep in mind is that this is not an artifact. Duretti is not no. an artifact. You know, Goblin Welder is not an artifact. So some Sometimes you reach a critical mass of non-artifacts in your artifact deck. And so you got to kind of pick and choose. And picking and choosing is actually kind of the fun part.
2: Yeah, and keep in mind, this isn't your commander. You're not going to have it in the command zone when you start. So if you're in a Dreddy deck, this is kind of like another thing that you can use to sack your artifacts, like your Well Wellsprings. Um, if you have some top deck, manipulation in red, scroll rack uh, is, seems like your best option there. Otherwise, maybe you're playing this in the blue-red artifacts matter decks, and then you have tons of scry options, or cards like Jace the Mind Sculptor, to brainstorm and put some things on the top of your library.
0: Totally. So definitely ways to cheat the mana cost in here or just value all the way down.
2: Yep. And you're going to want to make sure you want to sack those artifacts like your wall springs.
0: Absolutely. Next up, we have Battle Mages Bracers. Two Ooh. red for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature has haste. Whenever an ability of equipped creature is activated, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay one. If you do, copy that ability. You may oh. choose new targets for the copy. It has a quip of two.
2: Okay, so this gives haste, very importantly, because that means you can use the creature that you're trying to maybe copy the ability of, maybe your audacious reshapers that we just talked about. Um, This is basically illusionist bracers, but it is in red, and it costs one to do whenever you use that ability if it's not a mana ability, so that's kind of cool.
0: Having another copy uh, or redundant effect in your deck is going to be really important because you have creatures that have really cool activated abilities and doubling them up is going to be really powerful. And I I like the trade off here. A lot of times Illusionist Bracers, you know, you can go off because it doesn't have that pay one to make it work, but this gives it haste so you can play the creature and immediately get your value.
2: Yeah, and if you're a deck that really wants one Illusionist Bracers, maybe you want two. The haste is really important here. You could play your Cranko Mob Boss and use it the same turn if you equip it. Uh, Magda, Brazen Outlaw seems like a pretty good one to double up. Heartless, Hidetsugu, everyone's favorite. Pretty sure that just kind of murders everyone on the spot. Um, You've got Felden of the Third Path, who's trying to cheat out giant artifact creatures from your graveyard to the battlefield. Atla Palani, a shout-out to uh, Ashlyn Rose, because you want to sacrifice your little eggs and get two huge activations. So I actually like this a lot. Um, Illusionist Bracers is just one of those cards I remember talking about so much when we first started playing commanders. like, this is so busted and broken. But giving it haste is really important. The equip cost is a little steep at two, but again... Very powerful effect, like DJ wrote down here. A lot of commanders want this effect, and Mm -hmm. yours might as well. All right. Next up, in red, we got Creative Technique, which is, I believe, a Prismari person teaching a Lorehold student how to do something. It's four in a red for a sorcery. It's got the keyword demonstrate, and I'll explain that after this is done, after we read the rest of the card. Shuffle your library, then reveal cards from the top of it until you reveal a non-land card exile that card and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order you may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost and demonstrate says that when you cast this spell you can choose to copy it so that you have two versions of it but if you do you have to give an opponent a copy of it as well so most important about this card you cannot top deck manipulate the things here. You have to shuffle their, your library and then reveal cards until you get to a non-land. But then you can cast it for free.
0: And you also aren't going to whiff because it's not like you're flipping over the top of your deck like a Chaos Warp or something ah, like that. Ah, yes. Where it's like, oh, I, I whiffed. No, like you're going to go until you actually get a spell and you're going to be able to cast that spell. And so sometimes casting can be relevant too.
2: Yeah. Um, Would you give this to an opponent? Seems kind of scary.
0: I think that you'd want to make some deals for it. But honestly, like you're you're doing a whole random thing in yourself like you could pay five mana randomly get a soul ring or mana rock or something like that like i'm wondering what kind of deck this goes in where you have so much top end that you want to cheat something into play yeah for for five which is a lot
2: it is know? a lot yeah maybe Joyra of the gitsu who's trying to suspend stuff at la Palani, like we just said Atali decks you wrote down primal storm is all about getting stuff off the top of the library that is big and scary
0: yeah but think of think of your 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 curve you know think of like your average converted mana cost is it less than five because then you're losing out on mana value right you know what i mean but there's that demonstrate like you mentioned would you give this to an opponent yeah i like demonstrate i think that you can wheel and deal politically i think i could make a deal with you jimmy
2: probably you would
0: take this deal come on
2: i i mean i would take the deal because i could reveal something crazy off the top of my library then
0: you promise it doesn't go at me right? Yeah.
2: But at the same time, you could also just reveal, like you said, a one drop, a two drop, a cultivate, right? There's a lot of different things that this could hit that aren't amazing. And the fact that you can't stack the top of your library makes this a very creative way to see what's on top. Maybe twice, who knows?
0: But you could, like if you, you know that there could be some unevenness because if yeah. you have a load of the ground deck and I have an Atali deck that's cheating crazy things into play, then you can just hope just by odds or statistics that my stuff's going to be better than yours. Yeah. And then you spin the wheel. Feels red. I'm Maybe a- if you find someone with an X, like an X Step Bell deck, Ooh. like a Gargoyle
2: deck, you'd be like, "Here, you definitely take whatever's on top Jimmy's of your library."
0: Metagaming like crazy. A I zero zero
2: it. or xr deck. All right, all right, let's go.
0: This was one of our favorite cards from the Lorehold precon. Yes. It's called Cursed Mirror. Two in a red for an artifact. You can just tap it to add a red. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Okay. It's as, not pretty good. That's, that's very bad as yeah. far as three mana rocks go.
0: Exactly. But there's more text. There we go. As Curse mirror enters the battlefield, you may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield oh. until end of turn, except it has haste.
2: Okay. Now we're talking, uh, and it's going to stop coming that copy, right? Yeah. Until end of turn. Until end of turn. So this is a great card because one, a three CMC mana rock isn't amazing. You have so many that can add any color that you want. But in this case, this is a great rock that is good early and even better the later on the game gets because you might be able to copy something super scary and it gets haste.
0: The the thing is that sometimes you're going to draw a mana rock late in the game. And it's just going to do nothing and you're going to feel bad. You're like, all right, I guess I'll play yeah, it. Yeah, i Or maybe I'll have something else to do with it. But this gets better in the late game because if you look at the board, there can be crazy stuff on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. I I regularly see Eldrazi on the battlefield.
2: Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Notably, too, these copies are great because they get around Hexproof and Shroud. It does not target when they come down. So, I mean, this is like, you wrote down that this is similar to Mirage Mirror and can kind of play like that, Mm -hmm. and I agree. Mirage Mirror is just one of those cards that I love to death, and this feels like a version of that it's only creatures, but again, it's good early if you just want a mana rock on turn three or turn two and it's even better late when it could become something crazy and then it just turns back into a mana rock after.
0: I think that with Mirage Mirror, we had a hard time evaluating it because it depended on what other stuff was going on and it turned out in practice to be good and so if you are doubting this, in practice, that could be very good. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then one other thing that's really important is it says as it enters the battlefield, so you will get ETB effects of your opponent's creatures. Yes,
2: if it said when this enters the battlefield, it may become a copy of any target it already hits the battlefield it is not entering the battlefield anymore so as it enters means you can choose something with an etb effect it will copy that there's a lot of talk from competitive edh players as well that in golos it's better than heat shimmer it basically does the same thing so you can like copy the golos and you get rid of the copy or or get rid of the original or the copy doesn't matter but you can also copy a bunch of important cards like dockside recruiter extortionist Extortionist, sorry an imperial recruiter i was combining those two together so if you get if one dockside is good a second one's probably gonna be very good too all right, next up we got Fiery Encore, four a red for a sorcery. Discard a card, then draw a card. When you discard a non-land card this way, Fiery Encore deals damage equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker and it has the word storm on it so when you cast the spell you copy it for each spell cast before this turn so let's say i cast a one drop soul ring tapped it cast fire encore. when i cast this another one would appear on the stack and then i would get to discard two cards twice right discard a card once draw a card do the damage and do it again um This is interesting in storm decks. And I think like the problem with this card is one, it's five mana and a sorcery. So it's not amazing. It also does not hit players. So you can't just kill someone on the spot with it. But people love storm.
0: Storm is such an exciting mechanic. Like it really is something that people get really excited about. But we've seen storm cards that see play hitting players. You know what I mean? Like even grape shot, you know, that does that does only one damage for each storm. Right is relevant because it can players that can move stuff around. I'm thinking of the play patterns here of what do I have to do to kill two creatures with this?
2: You have to discard a card with a decent size mana value because if you're trying to kill a four drop, it's got to have mana value of four or above to get that much damage.
0: So I got to play a spell, then play this. So that's already more than five mana.
2: So you have two spells. Yeah.
0: And then, and then I have to discard relevant cards, not just lands and then I'm just taking out two creatures. That's so many hoops to jump through. Yeah, it doesn't seem
2: great in terms of a Storm Finisher at all, and, you know, unless you maybe have a Stuffy Doll or Brash Taunter, and you can cast five things before this, you're adding mana with Birgi, maybe, and then, blam, you hit the Fire Core. but you still need to discard those cards out of your hand, and at a certain point, what happens if you just draw a few lands in a row, then the cards you're discarding, it's gonna be a lot harder.
0: Yeah, so one thing I was thinking of is that, what if the, I'm focusing too much on the damage, what if it is the, the rummaging effect that actually what this is for
2: eh, and then i think you're better off playing any other number of cards that can be more efficient than doing it at five mana and maybe killing one thing because typically when you rummage and loot high percentage of the time you're dropping a land into your graveyard
0: yeah so you're not getting that so if you compare it to other rummaging effects like faithless looting yeah where it's like four mana to draw four and discard four that's over two spells or whatever yeah but like that means that this is very much much more efficient than this so yeah uh i'm kind of off of it well i uh, think they were safe because it has storm on it right
2: yeah 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 i think so too well underworld breach is the only card i think that works really well because it allows you to cast spells for potentially i don't know i don't know you can just drop a bunch of stuff into your graveyard and use those to escape the cards in your graveyard i don't know it this card isn't great though
0: okay sorry next up we've got (laughs) apologizing them i know it has storm but i'm sorry It's got red
2: i know but it's just not good sorry
0: okay inferno project six and a red for a zero-zero elemental hmm. with Trample, Uh-oh. Inferno Project enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the total mana value of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard.
2: Oh, okay. So you're gonna want to have those big instant and sorceries in your graveyard, or just a bunch of them that add up to a high value. But for seven mana, it can get very big if you fill your graveyard up. You've milled a bunch of stuff in there. You've got like twenty CMC worth of spells. It's a 20 with Trample. Pretty cool. But I don't know. It's a seven-mana card. That that seems bad. Imagine drawing this in the first three or four turns of the game.
0: I mean, seven-mana, you need something that really impacts the game. This doesn't have haste. Yeah. Like, it's you have this big, dumb creature, and I like that it is, has trample, but how big does it have to be for you to want to play this?
2: I don't know, like a 10-10? And that's still not that great, because you can't attack with it unless you give it haste or something.
0: Like, I think I want it to be more than a 10-10. Yeah. Like, I would want this to be close to game-winning.
2: Yeah, I want this to be like a 30-30, and I can fling it, or you can use gravitic punch which is a, a jumpstart spell so it can actually be in your graveyard and then you jump start it so it gets in front project gets bigger
0: uh there are creatures that uh like a uh Malignus is that Uh the one that's like five mana and has the power of half your opponent's life total or something? The card will appear from because of some of the editors. Sometimes just big dumb cards aren't playable, and this has hoops to jump through and costs a ton of mana.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough. You really want to make sure that this card can shine. Otherwise, if it just comes down in the spells matter deck and then someone bounces it. Or removes it doesn't feel so great because it costs you seven mana. There's a new commander called Riona Fire Dancer where you get to create X tokens that are copies of another creature you control on the, at the beginning of combat, where X is equal to one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you have cast. So you cast like three sorceries, three instants, whatever it is, cheap cantrips, blammo. Your Infernal Project gets to have three or four copies of it. They all have Trample and they're massive because you just cast all that stuff. Maybe that's nice.
0: One, but... thing, one thing Josh and I talked about though is that like think about a card like Terror of the Peaks. Ah uh, yes. Think about, think about like Combustible Gearhulk or just Gutter Snipe, and then you play one more spell. So when you go through the list of the amount of creatures that have crazy ETBs and can still swing, like it becomes.
2: Yeah, Yeah, a little meh. Uh, Maybe you're playing this in your Warstorm Surge deck so it can come Ooh, down and one okay. shot someone.
0: but that's an enchantment but so it kind of runs against Warstorm Surge like what yeah. on earth are you doing with yeah, your exactly. spells based Warstorm Surge
2: look doing? just fling it that's what I tell people <laughs> alright next up we got Radiant Performer pretty cool card 3 red red for a creature human wizard 2-2 two, two. it's got flash and when Radiant Performer enters the battlefield if you cast it from your hand choose target spell or ability that targets only a single permanent or player Copy that spell or ability for each other permanent or player that spell or ability could target. Each copy targets a different one of those permits and players. Okay, so there used to be a card called Radiate, and this is called Radiant Performer, so maybe that's nice. But in this case, this can copy a spell or an ability.
0: Oh my gosh. Huh. This can... This can go so over the top and get you into so many ridiculous situations. I think we've seen copy effects on things like Zatahedron Grinder and yes. Mirror Wing Dragon. And we've seen it do sort of really big things where it's like, oh, I I didn't know that it would. Oh, my gosh, it hits everything. It like, hits yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It ends up being super crazy. Um, because it
2: does abilities, that means it can also target land abilities. So people were saying, oh, your strip mine literally becomes an Armageddon because you get to copy that spell.
0: You get to copy that ability. For each other permanent that that, that could copy. And it goes for each other land because yeah. those are the permanents that it can target.
2: Strip mine, blam, target everyone's lands. That's nuts. Vindicate,
0: chaos warp, get
2: right. Vindicate like, gets
0: everything, including the lands. Chaos warp just chaos warps everything. Yeah, it becomes a crazy red spell.
2: Uh, you can also use it on stuff like corrupted conscience, which steals a creature and gives it infect, or you can steal creature enchantments like uh, or, or steal creature enchantments like confiscate, agent of treachery. There's just lots of just nasty things you can kind of do because it can target the ability as well.
0: I mean, there are some uh, steal effects out there that steal a permanent, and you could just basically go. Slurp and steal every single permanent.
2: Yep. Okay, Radiant Performer. This card has a lot of upside. Uh, the fact that it can do abilities, and this is something that maybe we've seen, we're see, we going to see more with cards uh, in the future, but the fact that it does that really does kind of throw this into a different ballpark. It's
0: so weird. It's It's got a lot of hoops. It's expensive to flash out. You got to like set some stuff up, uh, and sometimes it just does crazy stuff rather than good stuff that wins the game, but uh, that's what Commander's all about, and red gets pretty crazy in that area, so <laughs> I think that it's going to be... The fact that it does strip mine is just insane to me. Yeah. I mean, would you do it with Strip Mine or would you wait and do it with like Chaos Warp? But they all
2: get permanents off the top of their library.
0: Yeah, but you have, it's red, you get more.
2: Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, okay. have fun. Anyways. Go nuts.
0: Rousing Refrain is three red, red for a sorcery. Add red uh, for each card in target opponent's hand hmm. until end of turn. You don't lose that mana as steps and phases end. Exile Rousing Refrain with three time counters on it. It also okay. has suspend three, four, one, and a red.
2: Okay, so you can suspend this and have this come down at like turn four or five maybe. But this costs five mana. Someone has to have at least six cards in their hands for you to gain the mana from this.
0: And that's gaining one. Yeah. Like how much mana do you want? How, how much mana back do you want when you're spending five mana?
2: Yeah. There used to be a whole series of spells. We talked about this on the first episode where they had this suspend mechanic, where it gains suspend after you cast it from a long time ago. I think Time Spiral one of those one of those sets. These aren't that great um, unless you have ways to get those time counters off. This is just kind of poopy. Honestly, you got to have so much mana for it to be working and like compare this to Mana Geyser.
0: Mana Geyser looks at all of your opponent's tapped lands and regularly you play it for five and you get like 20 mana back. Yeah. The influx of mana is crazy. It's a great card. Maybe it's unfair to compare it to it. I don't know. But this is not going to generate you that much mana.
2: I mean, you're waiting six turns to cast this twice, basically, if you're just suspending it each time.
0: Yeah, we talked about it last time with the blue spell that drew you two cards. Yeah. It just feels clunky and feels slow. It's hard to time it correctly. The suspend isn't really worth it. And honestly, I don't know. I just wish you got more mana.
2: Yeah, I wish you did, too. Um, Joyer of the G2 again, might be the, the deck for this because you have cards like Clock Spinning that can get rid of time counters. So maybe you can cast this, but again, it's depending on your opponents having a lot of cards in their hand. But, you know, if you have a Rift Elemental, by the way, it adds one in a red to remove a time counter, so you'd only take six mana to remove all the time counters. You can go infinite if someone has seven or more cards because you'll have the Rift oh. Elemental out. You're going to get seven mana. You use six of it to bring this back, cast it again, get another seven
0: Jimmy, I suddenly, I suddenly like that tiny little corner case. It's not that great. That is very interesting. No, you're right.
2: We're not. all about finding dumb corner cases in this case. <laughs> it's not case. great.
0: Yeah, but, it's not great. But here's the thing. Do you see people playing Lotus Bloom a lot? It's no, Spend It's never. a spend Black Lotus. Yeah, but I never see it. I never, I never see it because that the waiting to get that mana boost at one time isn't worth it. There's no way that this spell is better than a Black Lotus right yeah like lotus bloom
2: definitely not and like sure you get to keep the mana throughout but what does that even matter right like you spent five to cast it and you gained what two mana off the whole thing get out get out of here <laughs> all Let's right play jessica's will yeah play jessica oh yeah play jessica's will for sure <laughs> definitely play Geyser and be like i just got 30 mana from that what all right next up we got ruin grinder five and a red for a seven four artifact creature construct with menace Manache. When Ruin Grinder dies, each player may discard their hand and draw seven cards. You can also mountain cycle this. So you can pay two mana to discard this card to search your library for a mountain, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. So it's got an interesting thing here. You can put it into the graveyard very early, DJ, because you can mountain cycle it. Yep,
0: And one thing we talked about with plane cycling is that you can get any mountain. Thumbs up there. And getting a mountain is a lot better than you think. This hitting your land drops in commander is so important. And so having this ability to, hey, I need to get the mountain. I need to get the mountain, hit the land drop and make sure to get to the mid and late game. Great. But I think that you're alluding to binning. This might be better than just casting it for seven.
2: Yeah, six, Six. which is a lot because then you're waiting for it to die and then people can wheel if they want. So that does seem interesting because not everyone's going to do that. Um, But you can cheat it out with Felden of the Third Path. If you have Ozgear the Reconstructor, you can do it twice and then you have a Smothering Tithe out, but then no one's going to discard their hand, so...
0: I mean, I might, I might discard you might. my hand. Yeah, might, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, so, pretty,
2: I'm pretty greedy. I think the best play pattern for this is discard it early, get a mount, and find a way to cheat it back out, sacrifice it, do whatever you can. It's an artifact. It's In those Artifact Matters decks, it's a great way for you to refill your hand and maybe smooth out your mandra early. So I could see this, seeing some play, if you are in that reanimator world.
0: It kind of hurts. Like, seven? Menace? Matcha?
2: Yeah. It de- it'll definitely hit you for a lot.
0: Like, I can see you getting this out pretty early and just being like, bam. Bam, bam. They finally trade away for it. You're like, cool. I'm going to refill my hand.
2: Yeah, i can refill my hand anytime.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, Spoiler. I like this card. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Surge to victory. Four red red for a sorcery exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn, where X is that card's mana value. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player this turn, copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost.
2: Uh, Okay, so pump effects are good. You can get plus X, plus O for a very high mana value. But if you have a bunch of goblins, let's say you have 13 goblins and they're all swinging, 10 of them connect. You get to cast that spell 10 times. If you have, like... A, I think that
0: the person's dying, too, in many situations. If probably, you exile, like, a three-drop and you have ten to goblins attack. Yeah, that's
2: 30 damage or more, right? That's 34. four times ten. It's it's 40 crazy. damage.
0: crazy. Like, even if you just exile, like, just, I don't know, a four-drop. That's a very modest thing. We're not even imagining exiling the crazy right. things that you could, The the time stretches or something like that. Like, just a four-drop. Plus 4 plus O is very relevant to killing people in this game.
2: Yeah, even imagine if you just swung out and you exiled a lightning bolt and eight of your things hit. You get to cast eight lightning bolts, another another 24 damage. People were saying, uh, cast time warp with this, so that's five mana. It would get plus 5 plus O. And even if you do it with two creatures surge to victory seems like you do a lot of work here
0: so much work uh, seize the day to get extra combat steps so oh, you can get like extra third, things through so many extra combat steps oh my <laughs>
2: gosh nuts yeah
0: it's crazy and then
2: you just go infinite right with combat uh, yeah, steps because it's every like, time that creature you deals damage
0: need, you would need to keep m- connecting to be able to do it but yeah that's true
2: pretty crazy there fiery confluence that thought was fun hordling outburst and empty the warrens
0: yeah so like empty the warrens because you got
2: storm on it bam you just make a huge army
0: And also, like, those are very, like, yes, you can name crazy things out there, but those are very reasonable things that you might have in this deck. You're like, hey, I created three goblins. Then I'm going to cast this spell, exile the Empty the warrens or the, you know, the cowardling Outburst, attack with those three goblins and something else. And then you're getting damage through and suddenly you're dealing more than 12 damage, creating nine, nine more, more goblins. goblins. And yeah. And that is a very, like, fair assessment of this, a very, like, yeah. easy play pattern to understand. And that's not even talking about, like... The fiery confluences that kills the entire board.
2: So this is six mana, potentially win the game in a lot of different kinds of decks. Uh, mono red, as well as the token strategies in red, green, or in red, green, and black. I could see this card game played quite a bit, actually.
0: Jimmy, what would you search to victory with?
2: Jeez, expropriate. No, um, I don't know. I would search to victory with... I did like lightning bolt, because it's still a lot of damage, and you get to cast the lightning bolt a lot of times.
0: Do you know what I like is a burn spell in red in Commander? Price of Progress.
2: Oh my gosh. That it. is disgusting. That would just kill Josh and <laughs> me and you on the spot. Well, it casts like three Price of Progresses. Yeah. That's like, see ya, life total.
0: I, I'm a big fan. Price of Progress deals two damage to to any player for each non-basic Basically lands they that they control, have. Yeah. Yeah. This so, thing will
2: often deal like 12, 14, 16 damage.
0: Yeah, and I love it because it punishes players that like go crazy with their mana bases and usually have like expensive mana bases. <laughs> so it kind of like is a leveling playing field for some people. Yeah. Uh, How about like just like Wheel of Fortune and just like we all mill out Ooh, and we all die and start Oh,
2: that's weekend. pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, I like that as well. You could put, yeah, there's lots of stuff to do here, I think. Oh but Surge to Victory let us know what you're going to be surging with in the comments below as they play Monster Ball or whatever it's called in Strixhaven. Red, by the way, I think did pretty good. I like Audacious Reshapers. I like the Bracers. I really like the Cursed Mirror, and I think Surge to Victory is pretty fun, too.
0: Yeah, cur- uh, Surge to Victory, Cursed Mirror, and do you know what? I'm going to go with the Creative Technique, too. I think oh, that I think okay. that, that random, that, that is a fun way to do random, and so I'm all on board. Okay,
2: nice. All right, let's cover green here when we we'll do the first bit of green. Uh, Blossoming Bog Beast, four in a green for a 3 3 creature beast. Whenever Blossoming Bog Beast attacks, you gain 2 life. Then creatures you control gain trample and get plus x plus x until end of turn, where x is the amount of life you've gained this turn. So that's pretty good. So at minimum, 5 drop attacks, you gain 2 life, your creatures get trample and plus 2 plus 2.
0: Pretty good. I think that whenever you see a trample and a pump effect on a creature, everyone thinks Craterhoof Behemoth. Yeah. But that's not the only card that does that. Yeah. And also, this is very far from Craterhoof Behemoth. Yes. And making that comparison is unfair it's to the It's also a five
2: beast. mana card, so it's not eight mana. Uh, you wrote down Pathbreaker Ibex. It's a very popular, good card that was also in the Commander product. As a result, it hasn't seen many reprints. That has climbed up in price. So, Blossoming Bogbeast seems like a pretty solid addition in that world of pump your team up, give them trample, and swing them for the win.
0: Yeah, Pathbreaker Ibex can get things bigger, but in life gain decks, I can see yourself gaining a lot of life. Pathbreaker Ibex, like it's seen enough play that it's a twenty three dollar card. Yep, and it is not like you know, it is not like Craterhoof Behemoth. Um, And I think the Crater of Behemoth is really good because it activates when it has the ETB and oftentimes it wins the turns it comes into play. Mm -hmm. But things like the Bog Bog Beast and the Ibex, they need to survive a turn. You know what I mean? Like this has to attack, gain the life, give the trigger. And that is much worse because people can see it coming.
2: Yep. At the very least, it does give trample, which is a good thing. Because that's what you need to win in these situations when you're swinging out with a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's why like Cultivator of Blades. Yeah, uh, it does a very
2: similar thing, but it's not very expensive, right?
0: It does not give trample. Mm-hmm. And so it is thirteen cents instead of twenty three dollars. Yeah, uh, I honestly believe that. I think that if it if it actually gave like trample, it would it might not be twenty three dollars, but it would be more than thirty. It would definitely cents. be more.
2: Yeah, and it's it's modular, so you can add uh, counters on it, or you can yeah, make fabricate little thing. fabricate things. Yeah, so you little can make little spin. guys. Yeah, so I think there's a, it, the card would be better again if it granted trample. They need a way to turn.
0: But think about like in the life gain deck, how much life you can gain.
2: A lot. Feed the clan. Everybody play that card in the life gain deck. Feed the clan. And then Blossoming beast attacks for like plus 12, plus 12.
0: All right. Speaking of gaining life, let's take a look at Ezra Root Channeler. It's five and a green for a four, six Treefolk Druid with reach. Creature spells you cast cost X less to cast, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn, ah. and you can tap it to gain two life.
2: Okay. We have two Life Game Matters cards now in a row. This technically is a mana dork because when you tap it to gain two life, your next creature costs two less to cast. That's
0: so, cool. how much do you want to pay for your mana dorks? Uh, one mana, <laughs> two at can I, most. Can I convince you for two. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if they add two, well, actually, things like Somberwald Sage and like uh, um, some of the other ones that are three mana and add two, add two or more because of threat. Yeah, like yeah. those are actually pretty. Those are pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. You know six mana how much mana six do you need mana. to add for six mana?
2: i think you're casting this because of the other text the first text on the card that kind of acts like an enchantment the first text reach uh no sorry <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the second text although reach can be very relevant the second part right where you creature spells cast cost x less to cast this is kind of like a animar type effect so if you're able to gain a lot of life if you have this card out then play feed the clans you can pretty much cast neldrazi for free
0: See, that's what I think you need. It needs to be in the life gain deck. It needs to be able to, you need to have big enough, relevant enough creatures uh, to make it work. Uh, I have a a play pattern for you. Okay. Imagine a Tristani deck. Tristani. Selesnia's voice. Yes. when When a creature enters the battlefield, you gain life equal to its toughness. So when you just play this creature, you'll gain six life. Right. And then you'll be able to cast other things for much cheaper. So for example, you could play like a Hydra. You know? Mm. And then gain even more life. So like you play like a stone coil serpent in this kind of deck. uh, Uh. then like you can sort of like start gaining life and playing more things.
2: Yeah, if you have a bunch of colorless spells or creatures, then Tristani kind of goes pseudo-infinite, because every time the creature comes in gains that life, then the next creature is going to cost even less to cast, and so you can just keep going over and over and over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, because it can... One of the things about these kinds of effects, where it's just like, hey, we're going to reduce the amount like this. You need to cast more than one spell to really take advantage of it. Yeah. There's all those mana rocks that reduce the colored spell by one. Right. You know, uh, those are only really good if you're casting a lot of spells. So I think that if you... This is going to work if you are casting like gaining a bunch of life and then casting a bunch of hydras and gaining more life and casting Casting, bigger and bigger bigger things so think of multiple creatures that you can cast each turn but overall like you gotta have a lot of stuff going right to have that play pattern work so i think that
2: yeah not to mention you need to have other life gain to make this work so tristani or just the life gain type of decks if you've got a bunch of pests you can sacrifice maybe this goes into some sort of aristocrat shell i don't know but you've got two's
0: not enough it's just not enough
2: and it's a six-man spell so we, we don't love it but it can have high potential All right, next up we got Fractal Harness. Really cool art on this one. X and two and a green for an artifact equipment. When Fractal Harness enters the battlefield, create a 0, 0 green and blue Fractal Creature Token, put X plus 1, plus 1 counters on it, and then attach Fractal Harness to it. Whenever a creature attacks, double the number of plus 1, plus 1 counters on it. So you could just cast this for 2 and a green, the equip cost is 2 by the way, and then put it on the creature with plus 1, plus 1 counters, when it attacks, it doubles the counters on it. Otherwise, you could cast this for 4 mana, where X is equal to 1, then you make a 1, 1 green Fractal Creature Token. If you equip this and you attack, the 1 1 becomes a 2 2, becomes a 4 4, becomes an 8 8. Now, this sort of thing can spiral out of control, but it does require the creature to attack.
0: And you you described the, the easiest play pattern, which is hey, play this for 4, get a 1 1 that attacks as a 2 2 on turn 5, then a 4 4 on turn 6,
2: 8 8. 16, 16 32, 32, yeah, you're not going to get there.
0: But, like, that's so late in the game, like, it takes a lot of hoops to get through to get there. I think, yeah. that, I think that you have to be able to re-equip this to something else, to something else maybe relevant. Uh, you mentioned... Uh, Skullbriar! A lot of people mentioned on
2: that as well because you obviously want to double the counters on that thing that carries the counters wherever it goes. Um, you wrote Colonian Hydra because this is a card that already is trying to make them counters a,
0: a tick upwards. <laughs> it's like Collodian Hydra is a five mana uh, creature that comes with four plus one, plus one counters on it. And when it attacks, it doubles the plus one, plus one counters on everything. Yeah. So for five mana, it attacks as an 8-8 eight eight and doubles all the other relevant stuff on your battlefield.
2: Yep. And Fraxel's going to double that again.
0: Right. I mean, they work well together, but doesn't Collodian Hydra just make this feel underpowered?
2: yeah oh yeah colonial hydra is definitely a better right like that card is just very nutty this is an equipment so maybe you're running it i don't know in the paco and howdan deck because paco's gonna get real big oh that's good yeah but i I, I don't really i don't love it it's this it's a lot right it's three mana to cast two mana to equip if you're in the plus one plus one counter deck you're gonna have ways to make those counters go up i don't know if the fractal harness is where you want to be for exactly for that
0: yeah i agree i also think that uh if you are moving it around, you need a lower equip cost, honestly. Yes, 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh Next, we have Guardian Augmenter. Two and a green for a 2-2 troll wizard with flash. Commander creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Ooh. Commanders you control have hexproof.
2: Ooh. Okay. I'm sold. This is fine. This card's great.
0: Yeah. This I mean, is the lieutenant
2: you... series, right?
0: Yeah. Like, are you... Well, there are actual lieutenants, right? Yes, yes. yes. But... Are there are there commanders out there that you want to make sure you protect? Oh yeah, absolutely. Are there commanders out there that you um, want to pump up or you know basically give some plus one plus one action to it? Yeah, not as valuable, but definitely still. So I think that the protection is really important.
2: Protection, flash speed. It can do it can go well with partners because they'll all get plus two, plus two. In Animar, you could cast this for one green for protection. The fact that this has flash Ooh, is nice. nice. And there's cards that similarly did this in the past. Uh, you wrote down Slippery Bog Bonder, which is I a four mana spell. I
0: love Slippery Bog Bonder. I also like that it gives the thing a hexproof counter. Counter, So it stays on. And you can move on. other counters around. So it goes into those sort of sort of counter decks themselves.
2: Yeah people play Bastion protector quite a lot this is the white version that gives indestructible uh, i i like this card a lot and people online seem to as well because it is quickly climbing to be one of the more valuable cards in the set it is.
0: the price tag has gone up quite a yeah. bit yeah
2: i mean it's really easy for green to hold three mana up you have cross grip you got all sorts of different things that you can do mm-hmm. at three mana in green so i it makes sense that you would be able to play a card like this really easily in your deck
0: Uh, You know, there are cards that I do want to pump up, and I think that it's really cool as well when you have partners. Mm. So like a card like Tauna of the Bloodsower, which Ah, creates sapperlings based on the damage that it deals. And so it's a card you want around. It's pretty delicate. Pumping up its power and toughness is going to be really relevant. And if it's a partner, then you're getting double the protection and double the pump.
2: Double the fun, double mint gum. Last up, we got Healing Technique, three in the green for a sorcery with Demonstrate. Again, that's the... Uh, keyword where you can copy the spell if you do then the opponent gets a copy as well uh you return target card from your graveyard to your hand and then you gain life equal to that card's mana value exile healing technique so if you cast this for four mana and you choose to demonstrate it i get to cast the spell twice two regrowths basically and i gain a bunch of life potentially and then dj also is going to cast it um nah the rate's a little bad right?
0: Yeah. So if we look at just getting one thing back, regrowth, it's a spell that gets one thing back. It costs two mana value and this costs four, blah. Okay. If we're also looking at a card once in future, that is four mana and gets two cards back. That's not expensive. It's just a random uncommon from Eldraine. Uh, And so just once in future. Uh, And that's fine but not like super play. People aren't clamoring for once in future to put into their decks. So just four mana, getting two things back is not like super amazing that we're excited about. But I have seen very good play patterns with a card called Skullwinder.
2: That's right. This is a three mana green spell that has Death Touch, it's a little snack. And then when it comes in, you can get a card back and soak in an opponent.
0: See, when you use Skullwinder, I actually sometimes like it better than a lot of the other ones because I can coordinate with other people at the table. I can give political gifts. I can say, Jimmy, get that removal spell for Josh's ridiculous thing. And now what I've done is I've got with this card... I've paid four mana. I've gotten two of my own things back, and I've let Jimmy use one of his resources sort of for free for to answer you. something for me to yeah. answer something on Josh's board.
2: So it's almost like you have three cards back from it. So yeah, exactly. I do like that a lot. I like and it tells that. it kills
0: one of Josh's things. That's a four for one on this. which now, killing Josh's things. That's the moral of the story. So suddenly this becomes really good when you can use it politically, and that is why I like it. So the rate... The rate is not good unless you can make friends.
2: Yeah. And there will probably be someone that you want to give something back to. Who knows, right? At the very least, if you can use it and say like, hey, you're not going to get this spell otherwise. seems like an easy play pattern to go with. Um, or you just bog the crap out of them and then you target them so that they have nothing in their graveyard. <laughs> I think Demonstrate
0: Whoops. has really good play patterns to it. So I'm, I'm excited about that.
2: Yep. All right, we are going to dive into the rest of the green cards, only a few of those left. And then we got multicolored, we got lands and artifacts, lots of interesting things to come. First up, though, let's hear a message from our mid-roll sponsors.
1: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well,
2: Welcome back, fellow listeners of podcasters and viewers of YouTube videos. We are going to dig right back into it. Commander 21 product from Strixhaven, which cards and how they work in your 99. DJ's got four more, five more green cards in front of us. So DJ, kick it off with Paradox Zone. Paradox
0: Zone is four and a green for an enchantment. Paradox Zone enters the battlefield with a growth counter on it. At the beginning of your end step, double the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone. Then create a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X 1-1 one, one counters on it, where X is the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone.
2: Okay, 5 mana, you play this, it gets one counter, go to your end step, it doubles to 2, you get a 2-2. Two, two. Next turn, it goes to 4, you get a 4-4. Four, four. The next turn, it goes to 8-8. Eight, eight. And then the game might be over. So... I don't love it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is this a good card?
0: Yeah. So here's the thing. Like, you're right. You, you, you did the, the sequence. So if you play it on five and you make a two, two, that's bad. If you then make a four, four, that's five mana for a two, two and a four, four, not good Still enough. Bad. Yeah. It's ma- like, you need to produce that eight, eight. And then suddenly I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm in. So yeah. it's on the end step of your five mana, then six mana. Then 7 mana on the end step, having 7 mana. So when you finally have 8 mana, you can finally start attacking with your relevant creature. I
2: don't know. I mean, even in Atraxa, which is all about proliferating and getting more counters on things, this doesn't seem great. Maybe you have, like, a doubling season type of effect out, so you're getting more counters on this and you're making more creatures. But look, if you are in green and you're playing a plus 1, plus 1 counters deck, I don't know if this card is even close to good enough because you just have so many other options. To, to do cool plus one plus one counter synergies, do you need this paradox zone to be slowly pumping out mediocre creatures?
0: usually with my creatures in a green deck, I I just want tokens and I don't care how big they are because I'm going to make them big with like a creator of behemoth yeah. or something like that. Or I want them to do something else. You know, like, yeah. um, you know, I want them to be Eldrazi Spawn or Eldrazi Scions and I cash them in for mana or something like that. Yeah. Um. So I think what you want to be able to do is maybe like a doubling season with this would make me feel really good because then you're doubling up, you're doubling up the counters, you're doubling up the counters on this thing. Yeah. And then it kind of gets out of hand and I think it'd be fun. But again, You've got a doubling season. Like everything is amazing there. Just yeah, think about exactly. All the are and everything. You know what I mean? You're
2: Gonna win with something else. I think the way that this card gets good is instead of making just one zero zero, you make x zero zeros where x is the number of growth counters on it. So on can the you make first that turn,
0: turn, can you make it like that? I
2: don't know. A Five mana first turn that <laughs> pumps out two two twos because you're doubling the growth counters as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. next They're turn you're it. pumping out four four fours that could be nuts maybe you just make x zero zeros and you just add one plus and one plus counter. so you make a you make two one ones then four one ones then eight one ones
0: yeah but we're trying to fix the card and that's not what that's is, not what so. we're doing
2: that's not the point of this podcast <laughs> that's not why you're here uh don't play paradox zone i think this is why you're here this is why you're here this next card is crazy good pest infestation it's also got such cute art it's xx in the green for a sorcery Destroy up to X target artifacts and or enchantments. Create twice X one, one black and green pest creature tokens with when this creature dies, you gain one life. So X, X and green. If X is equal to one, this will cost three mana total to destroy one target artifact. And then you get to make two one, one pest creature tokens.
0: So when I first read this, I was like, release the gremlins.
2: Yeah, cool. cool card. Cool. No you know one I mean? really plays it. But like, good no card. one plays it.
0: I was just kind of like, neato. And then that was it. I kind of like dismissed it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, the, you can create quite a few things. But then I read one key little word that says up, up to. Destroy up to X target artifact and or... Right.
2: That means that you don't need to have legal targets for X. If you have X is equal to five and you cast this for 11 mana, you don't need to have five targets. You can actually just blow up one thing, but then you end up making 10 1-1s.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, so this scales really well, obviously. It's a sorcery, but it gets rid of things, artifacts and or enchantments. This seems just like a really, really solid removal spell, because even if you're just getting rid of one thing, you get two 1-1s at the end of it.
0: Yeah. And you could just play it like a secure the waste or just a token creator and just say, okay, I'm actually just pumping a bunch of man into this, making a bunch of these little pests because I want to flood the board. That's my play pattern. And then incidentally, I'll blow that up, that up, that up.
2: Yep. Uh, This is fun. Like aura mutation, artifact mutation are cards that are similar, gets rid of something. But the fact that this is modular, right? You, not modular. You can just scale it up, deal with more things in the future. Wart the Raid Mother seems like they would love this because you can conspire a spell like this out as well. This is a good card. It's a very versatile removal spell. I look to see this card in a lot of decks, and I think this is a card that's going to get played a lot because, again, for three mana, you're just getting rid of one thing. That is a Reclamation Sage. Oh, man, that card w- gets played.
0: I want a Wart the Raid Mother deck now. These are green. You can tap them to conspire more things. True. <sighs> oh,
2: Jimmy. Let's go. I'm in love. Wart is a fun, fun commander.
0: All right. Next up, we have Sequence Engine. Two and a green for an artifact. You can pay X and tap it. Uh, exile target creature card with mana value X from a graveyard. Create a zero, 0 green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it. Activate it as a sorcery.
2: Okay. H- sorry. How much does it cost to activate X? X. Hmm. So you pay X to get an XX basically.
0: Yes. And you have but you have to be able to exile something.
2: Yeah. And the creatures aren't special, they're just the fractals.
0: I don't know. Doesn't seem good. Does not seem good. Uh, you can never cheat mana cost with this. You always have to pay the mana in to get a vanilla creature out of it.
2: Yeah, it is quote-unquote targeted Graveyard Hate, but it's not exactly where you want to be with Graveyard Hate either. So I'm not particularly in love with it, no siree.
0: Also as a sorcery too.
2: Yeah, I mean... Uh, you
0: can't hold up your mana and be like... That
2: sucks, by the way. Activate as a sorcery only, right? This would be cool if you play it on three and then you pass the turn next time and you have open mana, you could do a few things, but you have to do this on your
0: turn. Just imagine like you have a Wilderness Reclamation deck or like a Seedborn Muse type uh, thing. nice. You know what I mean? And like you, those are the play pattern stuff. But when you have to tap out just to make a dumb b- boring uh, plain creature
2: and graveyard hate is good only when you can do it in reaction to someone being like i'm going to try and target this spell with a regrowth ha
0: huh. well it's, no, but you say like spell too like because they're gonna get spells oh, and stuff this like is that. creatures only this is
2: creatures only yeah poop it's a poop i give it a d minus but it's okay it's green green doesn't need help right
0: i know it's fine
2: all right, next up is Sproutback Trudge. Really like the art on this one. 7 green, green for a 9-7. However, this Fungus Beast costs X less to cast, where X is the amount of life you've gained this turn. This also has Trample, and it says, at the beginning of your end step, if you gain life this turn, you may cast Sproutback Trudge from your graveyard. So the cheapest this could cost is X, or green, green. Um, and you can die, you can sacrifice it. Maybe you gain some life that turn. You can cast it again for green, green at the beginning of your end step. Oh. Very repeatable creature.
0: Did you mention sacrificing it and finding ways to gain life? I did. Why? Uh, because there are cards like Disciple of Bolas or Momentous Fall that have you drawing cards Ooh. equal to this 9-7. That's a lot of cards and a gaining lot cards. a ton of life. Yeah. And then you're able to just basically cast it again for green-green.
2: I like that. That seems like a pretty strong combo there. Um, Otherwise, if you're not in the life gain deck, I don't think you want to just randomly put this 9-drop in there unless you have a lot of ways of dipping it into your graveyard. Then you're gaining the life recasting it, then your momentum is falling and all that stuff. But it does seem a little restrictive, right? Because you have to gain the life for this to be a better card.
0: You basically, I think what we've arrived at is you need shenanigans because just a nine seven that sometimes works is is not great, even though it has trample.
2: If it's a four mana nine seven, because you've gained like three life, that's or five life. Okay, sure. But it's still not amazing, right? You need, it's one of those cards that demands that the deck works around it in order to be for it to shine.
0: Yeah. Uh, trudge Garden.
2: A lot of trudging happening here. Yeah, well,
0: this is the garden. It likes to hang out in. Okay. so Is it in there? Is that it back in the...
2: it. Uh, think... There's some
0: of this action, this purple, this yeah, orange yeah, yeah, action. Yeah. Going
2: Maybe on. it looks like the sprout back trudge is the big daddy. These are like baby trudges running around.
0: Baby trudges. Seems like it. <laughs> Galloping <Garden>. around. <laughs> trudge Garden is two and a green for an enchantment. Whenever you gain life, you may pay two. If you do, create a four, four green fungus beast creature token with trample.
2: Okay, so gaining life. You could have a lot of incidental waste doing it. Um, Two mana for a 4-4 seems like an okay rate. If you have, like, a soul warden, then you're... Making the life when it comes and you pay another two, make another one. Then you pay two, make another one. You could kind of do a lot there.
0: Question, Jimmy. Yes. Would you rather pay two for a Karnstruct or for a 4-4 Ooh. Fungus Trampler?
2: Well, it depends. Are you in an artifact deck? I'm assuming you are if you're making what? Karnstructs. I
0: mean, yeah, you You have to trigger it with an artifact and you're making artifacts. Then I
2: think you're going to want those Karnstructs more because they could be 6-6s, 8-8s. Yeah. But these do have Trample, right? 4-4 Beast tokens with Trample. We've seen those do a lot of work on game nights as well.
0: So the first one is is five mana. So three for this enchantment. You gain some life, somewhere. Somehow. Hopefully, you can do it. And then you pay two and you get a four four. So five mana, five, four four. One. Bad. Bad. Okay. Seven mana, two four fours.
2: Slightly better, but still bad.
0: But it's, still not commandery, right? Yeah. uh Nine mana, three, three four, four fours. Four more
2: commandery, but uh, at the very least, maybe you can. I don't know. Because on the turn you're doing it right, it only costs you two mana and you're not casting the spell to get that effect open. So but see seems how okay. we've triggered
0: we've triggered this three times and nother, neither of us are cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So again, I think that it is slow and clunky and
2: but take note, players. There appears to be a more like life gain matters decks in the same way that Menace Matters decks or like Menace Tribal decks have sort of been growing up in the past few years. It looks like life gain might be one of those areas that Wizards is moving into as well. So just take
0: note. I like that. And I like how it's going across multiple colors. Like, before it was just, like, black-white. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And there was even, like, Tristani, like I mentioned before. You know, green-white. And now it's just like, oh, maybe some oh. Abzan action going yeah. on. Yeah, I like that. What well,
2: right. do you think about green? Um, Blossoming Bog Beast is, I think, going to be a big staple. So pick those up. Definitely from cardking.com slash command zone, especially if you can't get those Pathbreaker Ibexes.
0: Uh, pest Infestation is my, is my go-to. I think it's good enough to play in Vintage Cube, which means that it is good enough wow. to play in...
2: That's a in high In my Decks. Yeah. Yeah. The other cards are just okay. There's a lot of life game matters here. A lot of like the weird, like sort of like Quandrix, sub- of me zero zeros. A lot
0: of people are liking this guardian augmenter. I like okay. Bog, Bog Bonder. No. Slippery. Slippery. Bogbonder? No, slippery bug. I don't remember.
2: Yeah, I think it's slippery bog Bonder. <laughs> we threw the paper <laughs> we away. We threw the paper. It's so poor we don't man even the man the flash card that's really cute. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: super cute. But then pest infestation is my go-to. Also a cute card.
2: Also cute. Yeah, I think this is looking green's looking pretty strong here. We always talk about how they don't need more favors. Uh, but we just talked about three cards that I think are going to become pretty popular, uh, which is uh, Guardian Augmentor, Pest Infestation, and Blossoming Bog Beast. All pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the multicolored cards. We're actually almost there, 10 cards remaining, and then we're done with C21. Wow. <gasps> Man, a lot of podcasting happening these days. <laughs> ink shield this card also one of the most valuable cards in the set now Ooh, i didn't know that it's three a white and a black for an instant so five mana instant prevent all combat damage though we dealt to you this turn for each one damage prevented this way create a two one white and black inkling creature token with flying so, a little different, a bit of a fog here, because if I get swung out with just one five five and I cast ink shield, I'm making five two one white, and black inkling creature tokens with flying.
0: That is a swing right there. Yeah. and that's For just sure.
2: one creature at, that's a five five.
0: like I can imagine so much bigger attacks that you could blank with this,
2: yeah. Uh, which is interesting, but typically, like Arachnogenesis is the card that I compare this to. It's about the number of creatures attacking you, and it doesn't even blank them. You can like create the one twos, and they can block, and no combat damage will be, be dealt. You know yeah. to those, your creatures.
0: But those fun fogs, like Arachnogenesis, like I think this still kind of belongs in that area where it's it's a very cool and interesting fog, but it loses a lot of its utility because it costs five
2: yeah fortunately white and black is the color of removal you could just hold open a four mana white and black removal spell there's lots of different things you could hold up around that five mana mark in white and black because you're getting rid of everything ink shield i feel like it's one of those cards you don't want to wait for the sweetest time to do it if someone hits you for three to six damage just cast it if you have nothing else to do because you're making so many two ones maybe they can block profitably but otherwise you're making a bunch of flyers these are two one flyers you can do a lot of damage on the other on the crack it's pack. so
0: good yeah and i think that that's you, you You've hit it up. A lot of times we save the fogs uh for to do this big thing to like yeah. this be this big swing. And you kind of need to for a fog, right? To use it at that exact moment when Huge they've, de- exactly, oh, when no, they've they deployed everything. Ha, ha, like em. that's traditionally when you'd use the fog, but this is like value fog token generator. It's like another yeah. hoop to jump through to get through tokens, and you can generate a lot of them. I'm I'm all in. I think it's great. Aristocrats, go nuts. Awesome. Okay. Next, we have Oversimplify. Three green, blue for sorcery. Exile all creatures. Each player creates a zero, zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token and puts a number of plus one, plus one counters on it equal to the number of creatures they mm-hmm. con- controlled. Mm-hmm.
2: Why is this card? Why? <laughs> this this way? card exists! Why does this card exist in the two best colors for Commander? Green, blue, they have everything a commander deck needs, and now they can exile every creature
0: on the board for five mana? I mean, it's five mana, not four, Jimmy. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: I The oversimplification of this is that green and blue do not need an effect this powerful.
0: They kind of needed to jump through more hoops for board wipes, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Green, right, they don't have great board wipes. They're usually damage-based or they're like Azuri's Predation, costs a lot of mana, not easy to do, or they're yeah. ones that you're not casting, like those big, huge wipe ones.
0: Yeah, artifact-based ones. Yeah. Or like, you're like, oh, what's your Bane plan of getting progress. rid of creatures? Yeah, you know, oh, darn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna super fight with Pelucranos. Like, yeah. <laughs> and blue is about bouncing stuff to your
2: hand. You've got the cyclonic roofs and stuff. And that was what kept those two things in check in terms of board wipes. Now they have something that exiles every single creature. Sure. everyone gets like an X uh, an XX whatever fractal. But this is still such a powerful ability. It's not destroying them. it is exiling them.
0: I mean, I guess it could feel like a big curse of the swine. Yeah, I'm. I'm stretching. You're stre- I We're can all see, stretching. I can see where, like, it could be kind of a part of the color pie. But, but honestly, like, this is a pretty, like, powerful exile board wipe. It's a very
2: powerful board wipe. And um, a lot of
0: the times, you don't care about a dumb untrampling fractal.
2: Yeah, plus you're in blue. Bounce the heck out of it the next turn. Hey. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think oversimplified doesn't need to exist. I think I'd rather see a sweet red whiteboard wipe that does cool things. I remember seeing, like, cellular wreckage and being like, oh, cool, that's cool. White's doing something pretty big and impactful. But then seeing Oversimplify happen, I just don't know if this is necessarily gonna be good for the format because we don't blue green and blue don't need extra help. They already have so many different ways to interact with stuff and they've got card drawn, ramp, and all the things. So to me, I'm I'm a little upset that oversimplify is printed. Are you gonna play it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? It's pretty sweet. Exiling everything? Man, good stuff. <laughs> Um, Okay, next up we got reinterpret to a blue and a red for an instant. I also like this card a lot. Counter target spell. You may cast a spell with an equal or lesser mana value from your hand without paying its mana cost. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay, So, counter spells are better the cheaper that they are. Because counter spells are, by their nature, reactive. You have to have them and have the mana at just the right time to answer what your opponents are doing. So we've seen that five mana counter spells desertion or the one that creates treasures or you know confluence. yeah. They're yeah, hard to things cast like that. Right? They can be hard to cast, you know? Because you
2: don't want to pass the turn with five, six mana up. So that's the problem. Because, like, if, right, those decks are asking themselves, okay, if I'm not casting this six mana Sublime Epiphany, then what else can I do with that mana from my hand so I don't just waste a turn rotation? Because you don't want to wait. And this has happened to me many times. I'm like, I got to cast, but I'm going to wait. Play a ramp spell pass, play a dumb spell pass, play nothing pass. And you're like, okay. And now I just wasted that mana. I could have cast something
0: else. And it's harder to double spell too, which we know that when you start double spelling, it ends up being really powerful. Now, four mana might be on the edge of of playable in there. I think it is around
2: around there, yeah.
0: But also, you might be able to do that sort of thing where you counter a spell and get to sort of double spell with this one.
2: Yeah, you get to cast a card that is four or less mana value. That's pretty good. This is similar to like the Expertises or Electro Dominance. Um, So I think the main thing is you want to play this in a deck that is going to try to counter stuff and hold up mana anyway. And maybe you can do something like you wrote down here, Cast Ancestral Vision. Uh, those zero cost to spend spells and then blam you draw a bunch of cards off it
0: oh I, I want I want you to read the other one besides oh it, so I didn't vision. want to read it you got to read the other one jimmy restore balance
2: yes yeah 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 that's I think pretty I honestly powerful.
0: I honestly believe this is for a later podcast for us to argue about but I honestly believe that white should have more balancing effects to, to
2: ah, yeah they're currently balancing that. the other way right they're like going up like exactly trying to catch up with lands but you're saying we should go the opposite
0: uh, white is all about taxing people and pushing them down like it's true the the, the wheat that grows the fastest gets cut down i don't know mm. if that's actually a saying yeah
2: that's what they're doing with stores of pleasures right yeah. so maybe it maybe but that's the thing is the players get salty so maybe the solution is like balance all the stuff make everyone sacrifice yeah, the things balance. and then every player has to receive a personal compliment from you so they feel better about it afterwards
0: jimmy uh, you've broken the color pie and magic itself yes i uh, did it but Being able to cheat things for better than they are is quite good. And so being able to get more than the mana value of this can be really good. But it is like we said that the counter spells are reactive and situational and then also having something relevant that you want to cast in hand ready to go is also reactive and conditional.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's nice if you got maybe, like, a Divination or something to cast. It's tough because, like, Insidious Will is a similar thing. You're holding up four mana for that, and it feels good when you get to use it, but it requires an instant or sorcery. But this is nice because it is any spell that gets countered, which is nice. Unconditional counter spells are great. Um, so I think just you have to look at your deck and ask yourself, am I going to be holding up this amount of mana? And if I do, what I'm going to need to have multiple things to do Maybe it's a three and a blue draw spell that's an instant speed if you're not countering anything because you have to always consider that there's going to be times when you hold up four and nothing gets played that you want to counter.
0: Ugh, I know. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Revival Experiment. It's ah. four green, black for a sorcery. For each permanent type, return up to one card of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. Hey. You, use, you lose three life for each card returned this, this way. way. <laughs> exile revival experiment. Okay. So what are the permanent types that we're looking for?
2: We got lands. We got planeswalkers. I should have said planeswalkers last are usually the last one in there. Enchantments, artifacts, creatures. So yeah, you can get a bunch of stuff back with this five things, right? So at that is at its very, very best six man return, five things lose 15 life.
0: Wow, you're losing 15 life. That is a lot. That's like
2: almost half your life total in commander. And
0: that's if you happen to have all of these things. Like, are yes. you often going to have everything?
2: Probably not. Definitely. I mean, like, usually the planeswalker is missing from that equation. Enchantments aren't as plentiful as creatures in your deck. Usually, let's say you just have a bunch of sorceries and instants in your graveyard. But, then... you, can't,
0: but you can't even get two creatures. Right? Yeah,
2: you have to choose a different one for each one. Right? Okay,
0: so let's run through the different things. Like you get uh, six mana you get a creature and let's say a planeswalker. That seems like a very powerful thing to get back. And a land. I think
2: typically you're almost always gonna be able to get a land with this by this point in the game. Okay,
0: so, but do you want to pay three life to get that land? I guess so. Maybe, I mean, you are ramping, so. So two things back, six mana. Six life. Six life, okay. Six mana, three things, nine life? That seems okay. So Jimmy, I have a question for you. At what point in time is just command the Dreadhorde better?
2: Well, Commander Drury picks out of everyone's graveyards, notably.
0: And you can get n- multiple creatures. You could get a creature, creature, yes. creature, something like that. Uh, you might be paying more life, but when you're talking about nine life, that's a real
2: cost. Yeah, it's a real cost. Also, Commander Drury Horde is just in black, uh, and maybe you are in a, a deck that can gain a lot of life. Um, so... I don't know, Revival Experiment, it's experimental for sure. It's got really cool art, we don't doubt that. <laughs> but I don't know if this is something that you actually are going to play in your deck unless you are, I think, a heavy mill deck and you're always going to have good targets
0: for this. So I compared it to Ever After, which, by the way, does not see Commander play very yeah, much at all. Yeah, it's a bummer,
2: I like that card. Six
0: mana, get two things back, and people don't play it because it's very difficult to sort of cheat that much mana and you're not really cheating things into play when you're casting it on turn six. Yeah. That's the thing that you have to realize is that like, you're not getting an explosive thing on the board when you're doing it on turn six. Like when you cheat things in on turn like two or mm-hmm. three, Re-animate. you know, those reanimates and those, um, animate deads and those necromancies, those are sort of ramping you up so much in, in mana uh-huh. that it becomes a really big deal. The command, the Dreadhorde, gets you, again, so much mana advantage over it, I'm wondering when you have to pick different permanent types if you can really get to that level of mana advantage.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, maybe you're playing this in a Tasiger, a Hogak, or a Sidisi deck because you just have so much mill in there. But you have to realize that at a certain point, this card reads six mana, don't play it because you're going to die if you take too many things out of your graveyard too. Hmm. So there is a little bit of a downside there that at part of the game, closer to when you're able to cast it, maybe you're at a lower life total, or you just don't want to pay... 10 9 12 life to get that stuff back unless it's really gonna win you the game so i think in combo decks yeah you're, you're willing to do that but six mana is a lot and i'm sure there are more efficient ways to get that stuff out of the graveyard anyway our last multicolored card is Wake the past it's lore hold five a red and a white for a sorcery return all artifact cards from your graveyard to the battlefield they gain haste until end of turn so that haste is there for the artifact creatures Um, this is the big finisher in Lorehold. This is like finally them saying, you know, we are trying to open the vaults type dealio. We have a lot of things we want to bring back um, just from your graveyard to the battlefield. And hopefully you're winning the game the moment you do this.
0: Yeah, open the vaults. It's a little bit of, it's not quite right because it brings everything back from everyone's Everyone's graveyard. And it hits your enchantments too. So I think that if you're just going artifacts, like this is just way better because it's focused, it targets everything. And I think that you cannot underestimate that haste.
2: Yeah, Ozgear the Reconstructor, it, it's the perfect kind of card for that deck now. Red, White Artifacts Matter seems like a really fun archetype. I hope to see more people building and playing it. Wake the Past seems like one of those things where like, you play this later on in the game, you've stacked a bunch of stuff, congrats, you're going to win the game because you can swing out with it wherever. Yeah. Well, what are you going to get
0: back? Um, so I guess you can always get back an infant combo because I know that there are artifacts out there that you can get back the right ones and you make infinite mana or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wrote down a few ones. Uh, I like a Reaper King and a bunch of Scarecrows.
2: (laughs) So you can make a lore hold Reaper King deck or a Reaper King deck that is heavily artifact themed.
0: Well, Scarecrows are oftentimes artifacts. Right. So a lot of them come back with that. Um, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the Reaper King in my, on the back in my command zone in sure command, why not yeah, you know what colors, i mean so let's go. and then if it dies you know what i'll cast this and i'll get them all back or if it happens to be on the battlefield you know i'll just bring back all the scarecrows and then just like yeah bam 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 you
2: could bring some cool <laughs> stuff back again you're in you're in the colors that can discard a lot in rummage so maybe you've tossed a dark steel forge in there and then awake the past Also gets you that indestructibility. Oh yeah, you know, or you're bringing back what's that big anthem? I totally forgot the name, but it gives your creatures indestructible, flying. Eldrazi Monument, yeah, an Eldrazi Monument type card. Yeah, so there's interesting things you could do with Wake the Past.
0: The haste is so good too. Yeah,
2: the nice thing is that Wake the Past gives haste to all the artifacts you bring back, but in the card like Eldrazi Monument gives cards that aren't hasty on the battlefield. I don't know. You're probably just playing this and winning. So what am I talking about? (laughs) um finally though an indiana jones reference because it's uh the flavor text belong in the museum i think we should let relics belong wherever they please said quintorious Lorehold mage
0: student after watching indiana jones oh, good job good stuff all right what do you think about the multicolored cards uh
2: multicolored cards so there's one for each of the colors clearly ink shield seems like it's pretty up there but so is oversimplify uh reinterprets okay wake the pass is better so we got three good ones two somewhat clunkers um or more deck specific
0: i think i like oversimplify but i don't know if i should jimmy you i don't you, like it you i mean i don't it. like it jimmy you wrote it on the outline in all caps yeah. You just like caps locked
2: i was like going through the outline and i got to this card and i started i just started writing ideas like you know what? i'm just gonna write my thoughts out
0: uh, uh on one line it just says excuse me in all caps Yeah. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. Why does this card exist? Okay. (laughs) Okay. First up, we have Elementalist palette, three mana for an artifact. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit of text because it just says tap, add one mana of any color. Okay. So baseline, three mana artifact. Add one mana of any color. We've had a three mana artifact that adds some colors, and you've said that that baseline is just fine. That baseline is
2: fine. It's not you're not writing home about it. It's not your two mana ramp, but it's still fine.
0: This does more. Oh boy! Whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost, put two charge counters on Elementalist Palette. You can also tap this for colorless. For each charge counter on Elementalist Palette, spend that mana only on costs that contain
2: x okay so this doesn't ramp you like crazy for anything else but x spells but turns out x spells are pretty good to ramp a lot of mana into because they are hydras
0: they're they're so cool x spells are fun people love playing x spells and this is the x spell mana rock yeah so for the first x spell whether you use this on it or not this becomes a worn power stone
2: taps for two yeah three man attached for two yeah but it has to be for x spells but still pretty good if your decks yeah how's x spells in it Dex x x spell x x spell and
0: then your next x spell you know bigger and bigger for four yeah and then six like that seems good
2: yeah i like this a lot because this is just like the perfect mana rock for those x spells you put in two charge counters each time that's pretty cool um walking ballista all oh. your Hydra decks rise up. So the the commanders that this <laughs> deck works in, Zaxar the Exemplary, Roshin Meanderer, maybe Mizzix of the Is Magnus because you're trying to cast huge X spells, you know, for burn spells and stuff. Gargos Vicious Watcher, but it seems like a really good mana rock in those decks.
0: One thing that's also really nice is that spend this mana only on costs that contain X. Ah, so, so, it so you can use even, it to
2: activate something for X yeah, and red or whatever, use right? it that too. So,
0: yeah. um... I think that, that this is just like a no-brainer in x decks. Like, you you playing as XR deck, you're just like, uh, 100%. Yeah. We don't have to convince you to do that. But, Jimmy, how many x spells do you need for this to be an acceptable mana rock? Uh, Well, three mana does add one
2: mana of any color. You're going to need a lot. Because otherwise, right, like, why is this in your deck where you could run any other card that does three man that you could run a dark steel ingot you know you could run a lot of different stuff you don't need that expel thing unless you got a bunch i think i think you need a lot how many do you think
0: i think that you regularly like i've I've done stuff and if you have six of a card you are likely to see it in a game of commander Mm -hmm. you need you need more than one expel for sure so i think you need like you need 10 to 15 okay. to just have this be fine.
2: Right, because you need to cast that first X spell to get the counters. And then you need to draw the other one to cast that with the man you're getting for this.
0: Exactly. So I yeah. really do think that this, that like it sounds cool, but you really need to have this be an X matters deck.
2: I like what you wrote here though, which is if you have a commander with an X in their casting cost, having this out means that they're always going to be negated for their commander tax because you tap this for two, then four, then six, then eight.
0: Uh, Gadwick, Grenzo, Gyrus, uh, Maga, Machias, the verizal. White One, verizal all of those are commanders with X in their casting cost, and some of those have pretty big effects when you play them too. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. That means that I don't think that you need because you always have one X spell in your hand at all times. Yeah. Then I don't think you need a critical mass of X spells in your deck to just have this be a good yeah, mana yeah, rock. Yeah,
2: I like that. Cool card. All right, next up we have Geometric Nexus. It's a 2-mana artifact that says whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, put a number of charge counters on Geometric Nexus equal to that spell's mana value. Wow. And then you can pay 6 to tap and remove all charge counters from Geometric Nexus. Create a 0, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus 1 plus counters on it where X is the number of charge counters removed this way. So this... Early gaming plays on turn two, and by the time it's turn eight or nine, maybe when you tap and use this, you're making like a 15-15, a 20-20, maybe even bigger. Six. Yeah, six is a lot, though.
0: The creature doesn't have trample or anything, but oftentimes, big, dumb creatures that have no other abilities aren't aren't that good.
2: Yeah. I I don't love this. Uh, You have to wait, right, for it to be good. Otherwise, right, like you're paying six to make anything lower than a six, six is not acceptable. I think you want to make something huge and then you fling it, just fling it. That's what I always say. Just me, you like like fling
0: stuff. Um, I actually like to compare this to Phyrexian processor, which Mm -hmm. by the way, when I started playing commander was a house. Yeah. And I never see it anymore. But Phyrexian processor is a four mana artifact and you pay life and then you can start paying four into it to pump out those things. Uh, and it was a really fun card to just be like four mana. Make a 10, 10, four mana. Make,
2: make a 10 10, 10, 10. But you're not pumping it out that much anymore.
0: Well, and also like, I don't know. Okay.
2: The only upside about geometric next is that you can play it early. But if you play it late, if you draw this in turn five or six, you're going to hate
0: it. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Uh, tempting contract. Four mana for an artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent may create a treasure token. Oh. For each opponent that does, you create a treasure token.
2: so it's like attempting with card attempting discovery tempted whatever
0: tempting contract
2: yeah so
0: jimmy would you ever make a treasure token with us
2: no i just would i mean imagine you play this dj you pass turn everyone's like oh attempting contract but if no one's like mad struggling for mana when it comes back around to your turn you go hey who wants to make a treasure token and everyone goes nah you just play a four mana literal do nothing in your deck
0: I'm so sad. There needed to be a little bit sweeter deal on this. Like, you always make one or something right, like
2: that. Right, right, right. At the beginning of your game, you make a treasure token. Then each other player... We're doing the thing again, DJ. We're I know, we're correct doing correct the thing okay, You're right, you're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, so this card, it seems kind of cool. I think, again, it does depend on the play group. Maybe there is a sweet play group that is going to always say yes and... But then, like, if
0: everyone's always saying yes, that's a good card. Yeah. but also, um, I think that it's deceptively bad because people can pick and choose when to do their treasures. So you don't get to choose when you get this influx of treasures, yeah. but other people do. So Jimmy's looking at his hand as he's saying, "Oh, I need a treasure for this is expropriate. ok, I'll do it." And I'll then suddenly, yeah. Jimmy is ramped into something relevant and important that he's planned out on, on his turn, and I've gotten an unpredictable influx of treasure that I can't reliably use. Yeah. It's, it's all of those Punisher effects where the people that have the choice have the power. I Get- just
2: don't like this card at all because even in the, the play groups that are going to want it, at a certain point, you're going to look at the board state and be like, I'm not going to give you treasures. Look at your hand size or whatever it is. Clearly, you're going to do something nasty and awful with it. So, no thanks. You can just say, everyone's going to say no, and that's where you're going to land. All right, next up, we got Triplicate Titan. This is a nine mana artifact creature golem that's a nine nine with flying, vigilance, and trample. Three keywords and when triplicate titan dies, create a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature token with flying, a 3 3 colorless golem artifact creature token with vigilant, and a 3 3 colorless golem artifact creature token with trample. So it's getting all three of the keywords onto three different 3 3s. It's kind of like Wormcoil Engine, but it's nine mana. Um, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of threes involved in this.
0: <laughs> I like this because artifacts, you can cheat them into the play. Yes. And you need more big things to cheat into play. I think like the go to in other things that cheat them into the play is like Sundering Titan, which is banned in our format. Yeah. You know, so when you see like, oh, well, other formats use Sundering Titan, we can't use it. What do you go to next? Um, the triplicate Titan. I, I think so, because a lot of people cheat Mer Battlesphere. And I think yeah. that this is cool. Like this might be like, maybe better than Mer Battlesphere or something like that. I mean, I don't maybe know. Maybe it's
2: even better than Coil Engine than the decks that are just trying to cheat stuff out. Now, of course, the Death Touch lifelink is very important. This is Flying Vigilance Trample. I agree. But you can Gear this out getting two copies, killing it again by sacrificing it, and then blam! While well, you're making so much stuff out of it. Any, we've talked about this already at the beginning of the episode, the reanimator sack artifacts with Goblin Welder, Doretti, all of those trash for treasure are ways to get to cheat this out and then blam well, you got a big hunky dory dude at the end of it.
0: Wake the past not even a
2: dude you get a bird and a, and a freaking ox you get all sorts of cool things <laughs>
0: all right next up we have a land called study hall you can tap it to add a colorless mana you can also pay one inch tap add one mana of any color when you spend this mana to cast your commander scry x X is the number of times it's been cast from the command zone this game
2: eh not great don't love it
0: um Sucks. josh really dislikes this card you can yeah. compare it to myriad landscape kind of or opal sorry opal palace um, some of them give plus one, plus one counters versus just a scry. I mean,
2: yeah, it's not great.
0: I, here's the thing when you are fixing is usually good, but fixing at the cost of mana puts you a whole turn behind ah. and that's horrible.
2: Yep. Yeah. I only run the Opal Palace in my Marchesa deck because it gives a plus one, plus one counter.
0: And is it amazing?
2: No. You, you, you now, especially because there are a few more options in those colors to add plus and plus encounters, and you don't want to wait a turn to cast something. Like you you feel the mana.
0: slowness of it, right? Oh, when it definitely. costs one extra you're mana. You're just
2: like, ah, you're like walking through a sludge. Ugh.
0: Like just imagine your favorite commander and be like, what if it costs one mana extra? And you get that feeling like, eh, like yeah. that's what study hall is. Don't play it.
2: Okay. Final card of the night is Witch's Clinic. It's a land that taps for colorless. And you can also pay two and tap it to give target commander gains lifelink until end of turn. Kind of cool. It does not specify creature, so you can actually target your Purphoros or your Clothist God of Destiny when they're still not creatures. That is uh, hilarious, me. I didn't
0: realize that, that you can target your Purphoros and so then go off and then yeah. gain a bunch of life too. Um, you want to
2: target Heartless Hitetsugu with this because you're going to be able to gain all that life from it, removing it from everyone. That's pretty cool.
0: You mentioned Revan Predator Captain as well. Yeah, it
2: seems good. You want to be able to gain that life back because you're losing it to draw those cards.
0: Having it come into play untapped is really, really good. Uh, you don't want to sacrifice speed uh, in a lot of your decks, but remember colorless lands are a real cost. So yeah. uh monocolored decks it goes really good in. Uh, even colorless decks. So, like I would play this in like a cause of like the great distortion deck.
2: Yeah, because you need that colorless mana pit. Um, two mana, keep in mind that that is a steeper activation cost. You hate doing it because it also taps the land itself. So it's it's kind of like it costs three mana. Mm-hmm. But, but people
0: play Vault of the Archangels, and yes. that's you know much narrower uh, than this one. You can target other commanders,
2: your opponent's commanders as well. You wrote down Tainted Remedy. What's the combo there?
0: I did. A Tainted Remedy says that when they gain life, they lose that Ooh. life instead of gaining it. So you can basically have Tainted Remedy, and then you're like, Aha! Your commander has lifelink, and now you lose life instead yeah. of gaining it and dealing it to your whatever it's
2: one of those like gotcha type plays but interesting okay yeah. cool so not as many huge hits here uh for the color list. this is a
0: hit for expels elementalist uh, palette what?
2: definitely and then triplicate titan i actually
0: triplicate like titan played. i really like as well but you're right not as many hits before. Not as many hits
2: okay let's talk about our picks for most powerful and favorite new commander 2021 card so for most powerful dj i think uh, astute viewers will be able to figure it out what do you think it is
0: uh i put down surge to victory it Look, if it's, it's sorry, six this mana. is it your
2: favorite or most powerful? This is a favorite.
0: Sure, yeah, this is favorite. Okay, okay, I'm gonna put down surge to victory because. It does everything like uh, the the ceiling on this is insane. It's going to be so much fun to cast all those price of progresses or those lightning bolts or everything. Yeah. Time, things, time warp time warp Tur- time. Don't do that. Turning things sideways is fun. Pumping up. Everything is fun. Surging to victory is exciting. And then casting things for free is great. So this is going to be my like go to fun spell of the set.
2: My favorite new card is Oversimplified. Just kidding. It's my least favorite, but I will be playing (laughs) it. Uh, I think my favorite might be... I don't know. I kind of like Triplicate a lot. I like Battle Mage's Bracers as well because I just like that ability to re- to re- replicate stuff and it's in red, so it means that red decks are going to be playing it. Red needs a little bit of help. So I like that so far. Of course, we're not counting the white, blue, and black cards because those were in our other set reviews. Cuz we forgot about all of them. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about them too. There's we've been talking too many cards. All right, let's talk about the most powerful new card from this batch of cards here. What do you think?
0: Um, I actually picked uh, Pest Infestation Mm. because I think that being able to answer your opponent's relevant instant and sorcery spells are going to be really important, so it's the flexibility there. Oh, Artifacts and Enchantments. Sorry, Artifacts and Enchantments. I'm just said exactly, yeah, the, wrong, exactly the wrong interpret for the exactly the wrong thing <laughs> but here's the thing you need to be able to answer those things and being able to get two for ones on on curve with pests and having the outlet of being able to pump a ton of man in this and create a huge board of pests and answer everything it's the flexibility that i think the power lies in that one
2: yep i actually like chris mirror the most uh, again i'm a huge fan of mirage mirror and the fact this is another mirror means that it's going to have a lot of value it's good early and late Um, I'm just a big fan of that card. It could also be my favorite new card. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it's both this time around.
0: I know that I'm going to put it in a bunch of decks and I'm so excited to have it copy something crazy. Yeah. I can't wait to play it and have people go, wait a second, what?
2: And I'm like, yep, you betcha. You betcha. Or in an gear deck where you play it early, then sacrifice it, bring it back, make two things.
0: Amazing. Alright everyone, so of these cards, what are your favorites? Which cards are going in your commander decks? Tell us in the comments down below.
2: And of course, if you want to pick up any of the cards or any of the combos that we talked about today, make sure you go to cardking.com slash commandzone. You can pick up the Lorehold Legacies deck. It's my favorite of the pre-cons. Uh, there's lots of good value in these sets and just in general, a great gift for other people. Keep in mind that we don't only buy cards for ourselves. You can buy it for someone else as well and while you're there or go to your lgs you know support your local game store during these troubling times make sure you pick up some ultra pro product they guaranteed have some of it in the back i we love their eclipse sleeves i'm putting my pro gloss sleeves on pretty much all my cards i also use it to store into my binders as well and they've got like and you see the back here all the new commanders this one is a Jesper art of the Witherbloom one, and they're on the back of the sleeve. So you can actually have a Witherbloom deck with a Witherbloom commander, say that 20 times fast, and stick all the right sleeves on it, put on the right playmat. Ultra Pro is your go-to for that. Okay, no end step. We've talked too much about other stuff. Too much content is coming out. So we're just going to go to the cleanup set, where we're going to go ahead and thank our editing, graphics, and logistics team of Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Dislaco, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, and Gorav Galati. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations that start and end the show. Sometimes behind us here on set, you can find them online at Living Cards MTG. Wow! Whew.
0: Thank you for joining us for reviewing this Commander Twenty Twenty One set. We are so excited! Hope to see everyone
2: on the battlefield soon at the Magic Fest. That's what Ab- I'm excited for. Absolutely, that's going to be fun. You got to show us all your brand new brews that you came up this past year. Can't wait to see them all. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time. Peace.